Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us again today in the studio is Francis Ball. Thank you, Francis, for joining us. It's always good to have you here to fellowship about our life study of Genesis. I'm very glad to be here again. Today we're going to be in a chapter of the Bible that most of us have probably not spent that much time considering. It's the chapter of genealogies in Genesis chapter 5. I wonder if you'd say a little bit about the contents of this chapter. Yeah, this is a very interesting chapter uh, now, but I have to admit I was like most people that you mentioned. uh, We kind of skipped over this chapter. Uh, Here it seems like you don't have anything so important, just a kind of list of names of people who lived and, and begat and died. I never got into it myself, and I think this is the case with most Christians. But from what we're going to hear today, we will find out that this is a very, very practical chapter in the Bible, a very significant chapter in the Bible. And I am looking forward to this message today where this chapter will open up to us in a way we probably never dreamed it would open. Thank you, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study from Genesis. It is so good that tonight we have come to chapter 5. I do believe that this chapter has been all the time so dry to the Bible readers. And uh, I believe probably many of us, whenever came to this chapter, we would skip over. Well, the whole Bible is a book of life. In this chapter, you do not only have the names with all the years, and I have to tell you all the names and all the years are used to show us the way of life. It is a chapter of life. There is a big difference between the record in Genesis 4 and the record in Genesis 5. In Genesis 4, you have a record there without the word lived and without ears. In a sense, those people recorded in chapter 4 were people in the eyes of God without any living. Without any living. Their whole life was just a vanity. But that record tells you they did a lot of things. They invented the religion. They invented the city planning. They invented the building of a city. They invented farming. They invented music. They invented weapons. They invented a lot of things and they did a lot of things. But in chapter 5, there's no record of what these dear ones did. You know, I was wondering for years, my, those men lived 
mostly everyone over 900 years, such a long time, what they did there. <laughs> I spent much time, I couldn't dig out anything. Just the names, years, lived, beget, lived, and died, lived, beget, and lived, and died. That's all. What they did, you know, they did two things. I did dig out something. <laughs> they lived and they beget. <laughs> <laughs> Living and begetting. These were two things they did. Three big Man was created. Not only in the image of God, not only by God, but also for God. And God ordained, destined, that man had to be multiplied. Without man's multiplication, God's eternal purpose could never be fulfilled. If you would go to Adam, you would ask him, Adam, what are you doing here? He would say, brother, I'm doing nothing, I'm living for God's purpose, I'm begetting to fulfill God's purpose. God doesn't need my work, God needs my what? My begetting. What is begetting? Now I use the New Testament term in John chapter 15. That is foot bearing. Begetting is the foot bearing. What are we doing here, brothers? We are doing the same thing. You have to say, I am living in the presence of God and I am begetting and bearing the fruit to fulfill his purpose. The more sins you beget, the more you are useful in God's hands. Of course, by that time, it was a physical thing, but today with us, it's a spiritual thing. Francis, let's break in here, if we could. I'd like to hear your fellowship regarding the outstanding aspect of this first portion. It surely is the matter of fruit-bearing. But specifically, what does fruit-bearing mean to us today in a spiritual sense? Yes, that's the thing, I believe, that came out the most clear in this chapter, that these people in chapter 5 are really different from those people in chapter 4. Chapter 4, there was a lot of activity, a lot of inventions, a lot of things going on, a lot of work being done, but there's no accounting of the lives or what uh, kind of people these were. Everything was just vanity. It had no purpose in God's economy. Then we come to chapter 5, and you see, as Brother Lee has pointed out, you see, this chapter is very much on the matter of uh, reproducing, living, begetting, and living again, and dying. Over and over, I think at least eight or nine times in this chapter, he mentions generation after generation that don't do anything, apparently, for God. But they're just living, they're begetting, they're dying. This is our situation today. Now, concerning using the word fruit-bearing, that brings this chapter up to date in John chapter 15, because there it talks about 
Christ saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, he bears much fruit, and so on. The application here and the picture that we have here in Genesis 5 is just to show us what our lives should be. We should be living. We should be begetting. That means bearing fruit. That means winning new people for God's purpose, for God's economy, to carry out what God wants on the earth. He needs people, and they're won by our fruit-bearing. In this message, he's just pointed out that this whole existence of ours on this earth is just to be living, bearing fruit, or begetting, living again, and then we die. The fact that it mentions dying is very significant, too. I believe we'll see as we go on in this message. But the main point is this matter of not being so busy about doing so many things. Like in chapter 4, you have invention of music, you have the invention of religion, you have the invention of entertainment of all kind. All those kind of things are just a vanity. But to bear fruit, that is to beget, This is worthwhile, and this is for God's economy. So I'd like to be that kind of person, just living, begetting, living some more, and then my days count. Because in uh, chapter 4, the days didn't count for anything. It didn't mention how long they lived. But in this chapter, it even mentions, in every case, how long they lived. So that's quite important. We're here for a purpose, for God's purpose. Yes, we are here for God's purpose. Let's rejoin Witness Lee and a closer look at someone who was clearly here for God's purpose. But there is a big but. To live is good. To beget is good. But to die is not so good. Oh, I don't like to die. Do you like to die? I don't like to die. But... Listen to this. In this record, you have ten generations. All the eight generations died. And that is the ultimate issue of man's fall. This chapter not only shows the living, the begetting, it also shows us the way to escape the ultimate issue of man's fall. In all the record, among the ten generations, there was only one generation that escaped. Enoch lived, beget, and lived, and not died, but was taken away. And he was taken away that he should not see death. Enoch was kept away from the ultimate issue of man's death. And this is the ultimate salvation. This is salvation in full. Are we living now? Yes, we are living. Are we beginning? Yes. How about death? Death has a double application. We are still under death, in two senses. And the death, in the sense, the death is daily fighting against us. It's daily doing the killing work within us and among us and upon us, right? And someday this death power will bring our mortal body into an actual death. But do you know, brother 
and say, sir, do you know there is a way for us to escape from this death? Do you know? Do you believe this way? And this way, praise the Lord, was discovered by the seventh generation of human mechanics. The way of calling was discovered by the third generation, and after four generations more, the way to escape the ultimate issue of man's fall was discovered. Discovered by Enoch. The first one who was raptured was Enoch. We all believe in this one principle of the first mentioning. Whatever the Bible is first mentioned, that sets up the principle. The first one that was raptured was Enoch. What was the principle there? The principle there for rapture was walking with God. Are you expecting to be raptured? Yes. Yes. You need to walk with God. Listen, to walk with God. Not only just to call upon His name and following this calling, you have to walk with God. Francis, a question comes to mind at this point. In this portion of the Bible, Witness Lee has pointed out that man, all of mankind, was by now under death's threatening and killing. But yet Enoch escaped. My question is, what was different about Enoch? Yeah, this is really quite an account because you see this living and begetting and living again and then dying. They died. Death is a threat all the time in our daily living as believers. We're always under the threat of death. Even in the book of Hebrews, it mentions that Christ took on the nature of man, and uh, in that nature, he was able to defeat Satan, the devil, who had the power of death, and he held men under the fear of death all the time. So there's that uh, aspect of death that always is controlling man and threatening man every day. Mankind lives under the fear of death all the time. That's one aspect. And even in our daily living, we have this kind of threat, you might say, of dying. But not only that aspect, but also the ultimate end of all the falls that have been mentioned in Genesis. The ultimate end of all of those falls is death. Even the In the New Testament, it says, It's appointed unto men once to die. Death is the ultimate end. Nobody wants to die. I surely don't want to die. But anyway, I realize that if the Lord tarries, I will die. There will come a time when uh, we will face death. So, in one case, at least, there was this, with one man, one generation, experienced not dying. This is Enoch. This is a marvelous case. In all the cases, it mentions these lived, begat, lived again, and died. But with Enoch, he lived, he begat, and then he lived, and he didn't die. God took him. Now, what made the difference? Why did God take Enoch? 
I believe we've seen clearly in Witness Lee's message, the reason God took him was because he walked with God. For 300 years he walked with God, and God took him. I heard a story once about Enoch walking with God, and God said, Enoch, we're closer to my house than we are yours. Why don't you just come with me? So he took him. So I would like to have this kind of anticipation, that walking with God, I would experience a rapture like Enoch experienced. Enoch was the first one raptured in the Bible. Christians always expect to be raptured, but it depends. Are you walking with God? That is the significant question, isn't it, Francis, that we all must answer before him. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Jude tells us about the living environment, the living situation, the age, the generation in which Enoch was. Jude used the word ungodly twice. By this you can see, by his time, by Enoch's time, the generation was ungodly, the age was ungodly, the society was ungodly, the neighborhood was ungodly, the environment was ungodly, the people was ungodly, everything there was ungodly, but he lived a godly life. He lived a holy life. He believed in God. He believed that God was. He believed that God was the rewarder. And he also lived a godly and holy life among all those ungodly people under that kind of ungodly situation. So he walked with God. To walk with a person is not so easy. I used to walk with some brothers to take a walk. They all complained me. Brotherly, you walk too fast. <laughs> well, I have to check with brothers. Let us make a final decision. Are you going to walk with me or am I going to walk with you? <laughs> if your intention is to walk with me, you shouldn't blame me. You have to come up, up to my standard. If my intention is to walk with you, brothers, surely I have to slow down because I am walking with you. Now, please tell me, is God walking with you or are you walking with God? Was God working with Enoch or was Enoch working with God? Enoch walked with God. Enoch was walking with God. Day and night for how many years? For three centuries. (laughs) Just day by day, little bit by little bit, day by day, day by day, day by day, day by day. Day by day, walking with God, walking with God, walking with God, walking with God, trend a day, trend a year. Surely it would exhaust your patience. 
Well, looking at the situation, ungodly. Looking at the people, ungodly. Looking at the environment, ungodly. Looking at all the things the people are doing, ungodly. Yet, I would walk with God. Walk with God in a godly way. Walk with God in a holy way. Day after day, day after day, for all together, 300 years. God said, you know, good enough. Good enough. I shouldn't leave you on this earth to exhaust any more of your patience. Come with me and stay with me. And he was taken up. How about this? So, all together in this chapter, we can see the main thing so crucial to our life is to walk. But before doing this, surely we all need the faith. Faith to believe that God is. Faith to believe that God rewards. So what? So we lack to seek Him out. To follow Him and to walk with Him by faith. Eventually, we'll be there. Praise the Lord. Eventually, we will be taken up. Eventually, we will be raptured. Francis, this matter of walking with God was quite penetrating. It seems that we want God to walk with us probably more than we want to walk with God. What is your experience of walking with God according to His intention? You know, I believe one of the things that uh, I've experienced, and I believe I'm not unusual in this, I do have a desire to walk with God. But many times I find myself arguing with God, wanting to go my way, trying to get God to go my way. When I first began to see that religion is not God's way, but the person of Jesus Christ as life is God's way, to know him in the way of life, not in the way of trying to do something for him, but just taking him as my life and learning bit by bit to go his way. When I saw that this was God's purpose, to experience Christ as my life and to learn to walk his way with him, not trying to get him to walk with me, but walking with him. I had a lot of experiences of uh, inwardly arguing with God about taking that way. But at one time, when I was being brought farther on to go on with the Lord, the Lord told me one day a very specific experience. If you don't go with me now, you will never go. That was quite an experience. It meant walking with him against all my natural desire and my natural inclination and to take his way according to his word for his goal and for his purpose. So for us to live on this earth, we need to be those who walk with God the way he's going, taking his way, which is revealed in the Bible. Just by taking him as our life, we can walk in this kind of way. 
May the Lord grant it for many of us that we would learn to walk with God. Thank you, Francis. I really enjoyed our fellowship on Genesis chapter 5. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Here, Lord, we give.